Romans chapter 8. Now last time, a few weeks ago, we uh, we talked about uh, the believer has life in the Spirit. Um, we talked about life in the Spirit as a course of life. In other words, it's the course of life that a, a Christian is on. If you remember when we were in the book of... Or Pilgrim's Progress, our Christian was on a course, and that course was to get to the celestial city. And for the for the Christian, he's on a course, and it's a course of life in the spirit. Uh, we talked about that course of life has potholes in it, so to speak. You know, we have difficulties, we have trials, we have temptations. Sometimes we fall into sin. But our course of life is not to stay in that pothole, it's to continue on. To walk out of the pothole, to walk through it. And then we talked about um, the law. What the law could not do, God could do. Okay? Uh, the law cannot save anyone, but God can. And this week we're going to take, um, we're going to begin talking about two minds, or two mindsets. And that'll be, I'll read the passage in a moment, but those two mindsets, you know, just like last time we talked about every every person lives his life according to two laws either the law of the flesh or the law of the spirit one or the other and we're going to continue thinking about that this way um, and actually we're going to talk a, the whole time we're just going to be talking about one thing and that's our mind or our mindset um, and this will probably be the most that I'll say that you know, that's, for me, most of it's going to be just straight from God's Word. Because uh, God's Word, it can explain it way better than I can. So, be prepared. We're going to read a lot of Scripture today. So, let's begin reading and let me just pray first. Father, again, we thank You for the opportunity to worship You today. And Father, we thank You for all that you've done for us, that you've been able to bring us here to worship you. And Father, we just thank you for all the difficulties and the trials. And we thank you for a good day. And we thank you for all the good things that you've caused us, caused today that makes it easy for us to worship you. And we thank you for the difficult things that help us to remind us that we're dependent on you for everything. And Father, we ask that you'd help us now as we look at your word. Help us to be attentive. Father, put it deep in our hearts. 
Help us to be changed by it. And Father, we just thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay, Romans chapter 8. I'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of his sin, of sinful flesh. Let me say that again. I kind of messed it up. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are, um, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. <clears throat> so, let me pray again. Father, again, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you bless the reading of your word today. Just do your work that only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> which mind are you? The question, which mind are you? Notice verse 5. Uh, for they that are after the flesh do mind, that's our mind, the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, and I'm just going to inject that word in there, mind the things of the Spirit. So it's two things they're talking about. Three, three terms there, but two concepts. The uh, three terms there are the mind, the flesh, and the spirit. So which are which mind are you? Is your mind the mind of the flesh or the mind of the spirit? <clears throat> I 
the mind in the Greek world was the seat of mental and spiritual understanding. That's the way the Greek people understood it, plus a lot of other things. But basically, that was it. It was the, the basis or the seat of our um, mental and spiritual understanding. They talked of the possibility of a sound or a sick mind. Now, sometimes they talk about, you know, that guy's just out of his mind. Or they had a sound mind. They, they were intellectual and they made sense. They were logical and they talked about things. And sometimes we use that term. You know, sometimes we get angry and we get into a rage and we're just out of our mind, so to speak. What that means is we're out of the course of life that we're on. We're in that pothole we talked about last time. And it's a mindset that we have. It's talking about our mindset. It's more than just our thinking. It's more than just our actions. It's our course of life is what he's talking about. And Jesus helps us to understand what a mindset is. So if you'll turn over in your Bible to Luke, Luke chapter 12. Please forgive me for all this itching that I'm doing up here. It's all the pollen there. It feels like somebody dumped a load of sand spurs down my collar. And that Luke chapter 12 this is a, a familiar passage with us um, verse 13 it says and, the, and one of the company said unto him master speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me so as they often when Jesus was out, or at least the part that's recorded for us, when Jesus was out among the people, people would come to him and ask him these difficult questions or hard questions, or they'd try to trip him up. But this one guy came to him and said, Lord, I want you to talk to my brother and speak to him about dividing the inheritance with me. Um, which is kind of, well, you know how that is. The inheritance when a parent dies or someone dies often divides family. It just causes all kind of strife. Um, but this, Jesus said unto him, says to him in verse 14, he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? He's, he's calling this guy out and says, what are you talking about here? I mean, who made me the one that's going to decide who your inheritance goes to or divide your inheritance? That's your father's job, not mine. Then in verse 15, he says, And he said to him, He said unto them, talking to the whole group, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he has or which he possesses. 
You know, he's, he's just telling the guy, don't be covetous. That's one of the commandments. Thou shalt not covet. And you can write in there, don't covet what your brother inherits. Okay? Then he goes on there. In verse 16 he says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. Notice in that verse where the, what brought forth plentifully? It was the ground. It was the dirt. Okay? In verse 17 he says, And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do because I have no room where to dispose to bestow my get fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. I hope you're kind of getting a sense of the mindset of this rich man. Not just his action, but his mindset about it. it kind of is kind of the underlying thing in there that you you kind of uh, the premise of it is what I'm trying to say it's the premise verse 18 he said this will I do I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods and I will say to my soul soul thou hast much goods laid up for many years Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool. He's, he's directly confronting the man's mindset right here. He says, Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then shall, then whose shall all those things be? which thou hast provided. In verse 21 he says, So is he that layeth treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. You see the mindset there? There's two mindsets there. One, uh, storing up for himself, looking out for himself, or the one where building up treasure with God. The farmer had a mindset of covetousness and considered all that God provided through the ground to be his own doing. He did not reckon where the blessing came from. He did not consider where those blessings came from. What would God have him to do with those things that he had gathered. He didn't ever ask that question. He said, I'm just going to lay them up for myself. You know, one of the things that the Jewish people were to do, um, they were to help the poor. In fact, that was one of their taxes, so to speak, their offerings, I should say. But every two years, they were to set aside a certain percentage of their increase to help the poor. But he didn't he didn't worry about that. He just set it up for himself. 
He said, I'll put them in my barns and save them for myself. This is not to say that we should not plan for the future. Okay? Doesn't mean we shouldn't be wise in what God has given us. But we should be wise and store up with that, you know, some, something for the future. Now, we talked about it a lot last week in our church conference. You know, we, we keep a certain amount of funds set aside in case something happens. If a tree falls on our trailer over there and just destroys everything in it, we have funds set aside to replace all that stuff. Or someone drives over here and hooks onto the trailer and just drives away with it. We have funds set aside so we can replace those things. So this passage is not talking about that. It's talking about the mindset of the guy. What's his mindset towards? And this guy had a mindset towards the flesh. His mind was towards the flesh. Turn over to um, Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7 verse 20 he says, And he said, That which cometh out of a man, that is what defileth the man. Jesus is talking about, you know, the, the Pharisees or scribes were complaining to Jesus because they were eating without washing their hands and they didn't do all that ritual washing and Jesus said you know these guys were hungry coming through there they needed something to eat and this is where we begin in this passage in Mark 7 he says and he said that which cometh out of the man defileth that which cometh out of man that defileth the man for for from within out of the heart of man proceedeth evil thoughts evil thoughts adulteries fornications and murder so notice there in verse 21 he says for out of the heart of man this is often how you can often say for someone's mind or their course of life is their heart you know what's their heart towards and he says it's out of this mindset or this heart that these evil thoughts proceed. Notice there he says his thoughts. Where do your thoughts come from? It's from your mind. And he says that um, out of these thoughts, you know, everything you do, you think about it first. Okay? There's nothing that happens to you purely by accident. You always think about it before you do it. And that's what he's pointing out here. Adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Pretty plain. This is a mindset towards the flesh. But I want you to look one more time. I think this is probably the last passage we'll look at, finally. Um, Paul explains the mindset that's after the Spirit to us really well. Turn over in your Bible to Philippians chapter 3. 
Philippians chapter 3. And I want you to listen to this as we go through it very carefully because this is God's word as Paul explains it. Philippians chapter 3 verse 1 says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things unto you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of concision. Now these are marks of a fleshly mindset. That little list there. Verse 3 says, For for we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. This is a mindset that is towards the Spirit. Paul says, let's say for a moment that following the flesh is something. And that begins in verse 4. He says, though I might have confidence in the flesh, that Paul is just saying, you know, you know, if someone can be confident in the flesh, this is what I could be confident in. Let's see what he says. He says, Though I have, might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. Paul just fires off all these things that if he could be proud of the flesh, these are things he could. And he said, I could do it more than any of you guys. Okay? Look at verse 7. He says, but following the Spirit. But what things were gained to me, those things I counted loss. Yea, doubtless I count all things, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ. Now that list that Paul said he could boast in if he was a, in the fleshly mindset, he says that, you know, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. We all know what dumb is, I think. Verse 9, he says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I don't know how I could explain it any better than that right there having a spiritual mindset. Verse 12, it says, Not as though I had already attained, so he wasn't like that farmer. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after, 
if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So you might be saying already, so what? What does that all mean? How can I have a mindset that's toward the Spirit? First off, you must be a Christian. That's how you can have a mindset that supports the Spirit. But I want you to notice two phrases in that last couple verses I read. In verse 13, notice where it says, forgetting those things which are behind. Then in verse 15, God shall re reveal even those things unto you. So, for me, this may be totally for me, I don't know. But I hope you can get something out of it. Have you ever went to bed and you wanted to get eight hours of sleep, whatever, however much sleep you needed? And then you wake up in the middle of the night and your mind's going 82 miles an hour thinking thoughts. We don't often like to admit it, but sometimes those thoughts are about something someone said or something someone did to you that you thought was wrong. You ever had that happen? You just keep toiling over it in your mind over and over and over and over. I want you to remember when that happens. Is that God probably woke you up with that thought on your mind? Probably did. Look at verse 15 once again. It says, Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. But really take note of this right here. It says, If in anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So if there's that thing in your heart or in your mind that woke you up in the middle of the night. Just take that as God revealing that check in you. That thing that offended you. Reminding you of that. He reveals it to you. So what do you do? 
someone said something to you or did something to you that was clearly not right, what did Jesus do when he was in the trial? They were making all these accusations against him. Did he defend himself? Did he get angry? He didn't. And that's what following the Spirit is. To have a mind of Christ. And just that 13 said, verse 13 there in Philippians says, forget about it, so to speak. The Italian, forget about it. <laughs> just forget about it. Press on. If there's a check in you that God revealed to you, just confess it as sin. Because it probably is. Okay? Don't think of all the ways you can get even. Because you never get ahead by getting even. You only get even. But when you forget about it, you forget and press forward and say, Father, forgive me. I think I'm so important that I need to be all upset about what someone said or did to me. Forgive me. So that's the what I want you to understand. When you want to lash out at somebody at someone because of something they said or did. Remember, God has revealed this check in you. Okay? Count it as loss and reach forward. So let's stand and we'll pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing joints and marrow, and is a discerner of our thoughts and intents of our heart. Father, we thank you for that. Father, we ask that you'd help us with those difficult times, just count them as loss, and trust you, glorify you, Help us to know that you're just molding us to be more like your son. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So please remain standing for our last song. our time together with nothing but the blood.
I would try that again. Nothing but the blood. This thing to go. 